Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to join us as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about developing student ministry worship teams with a special guest. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and downloading. We have just recently experienced a, a large growth, and it's been exciting to watch as God has been blessing our little podcast as we've continued along. Now, the way that you can help is, one, pray for us. Pray that we're always going to be making decisions and choices that honor God with this uh, format and this, this podcast. But beyond that, share with your friends. Let others know about our podcast. You can do that on social media. You can send them an email you can send them a letter. Well, you know, let's use snail mail and send send letters about podcasts. That'd be pretty strange. But whatever the course is, we'd love for you to do that. We'd love for you to share about the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Now, I always want to mention our podcast partner. That's Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. They are challenging, engaging, and inspiring. They are concerned about your students and would love the opportunity to talk to them about the next step in their educational journey. So you can find out more information at cbc.edu. You can call them up, set up a virtual or a, an in-person visit. They would love that opportunity. But maybe you need to finish up a college degree. You want to finish up your bachelor's degree. You have some hours. They have what's called their PACE program. And again, you can find out information about that at cbc.edu. Well, on this week's podcast, we are talking with Russell Martin. Russell has been involved in student ministry for over 25 years in both small and large churches. Along with serving as a lead youth pastor, he also uses his musical gifts to lead worship and develop youth and adult worship teams. He's a licensed pastor and is currently attending Asbury Theological Seminary. Russell also is a certified youth ministry coach through the National Association of Youth Ministry Certification. Russell is passionate about helping ministry leaders grow to become disciples who utilize their gifts to reach students and become leaders in the church. He blogs about youth ministry, encouraging and empowering student and adult leaders for ministry as he serves as a co-host of the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. If you remember two episodes ago, we had his partner in crime, Brent Aiken. <laughs> we loved having him on here. And Russell is married, though he is married to his wonderful wife, and they have one son. He enjoys gardening, music, cooking, and spending time with family and friends. We'll have all sorts of links so that you can contact Russell if you want to know more about him. But Russell, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, again, we love having you on here. I've got some questions immediately um, as right. we shared some information. What's your wife's name? Uh, my wife's name is Megan, and she teaches chemistry and uh, in high school chemistry. And so I definitely married up in the education department there. Um, but enjoy spending, you know, enjoy uh, our uh, many years together. Um, and 
you probably will ask this, but I have an adopted son, Eli. And so he is uh, uh, a uh, 11 going on uh, 21. Oh, and nice. uh, <laughs> so I, I've already reached the point where I don't know anything as a dad and I, I knew that would come. So now I'm waiting for the time where I'll start knowing things again. Yeah. My kids are a little older and we went through that at about 16, 17, 18. And now they're <laughs> starting to see some things. Uh, they are, Oh, my daughter's finishing up college at Central Baptist College that we've already mentioned. My son is a graduate and he's serving in the church here in Northwest Arkansas. But man, I'm glad that you're on the podcast. One of the other things I got to ask is, I, as I looked at your bio, you love cooking. What do you What do you love to cook? I, I cook all sorts. I like to try new things. Um, I will tell you, one of the things that got us into that more was doing like Blue Apron or HelloFresh or some of those oh, meal yeah. boxes where they send you uh, exotic recipes or whatever like that is. So uh, that kind of got me into uh, cooking more. I, I'm not the uh, outdoor barbecue smoking cook brisket uh, person. I will go to someone's house and enjoy that, but I don't really want to wait uh, 10 hours to um, <laughs> have a meal. So I like the flat top on the outdoors and then indoors, uh, just like cooking whatever various things that I can. Well, I had to ask about cooking. I know during COVID, I became addicted to the Food Network and started <laughs> watching all sorts of things so that I could learn how to cook better. And my family benefited from that. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, well, Russell, um, you know, I love for our, our listeners to get to know our guests in a better way. And one of the best ways is to start with that, that, that question of how did you come to meet Jesus? Um, so I grew up in uh, United Methodist Church. Pearland First United Methodist Church was baptized there, um, attended all the way through uh, uh, and graduated from there. I had two pastors the whole time, which is very unusual in a Methodist church to have. We kind of talked about that in the pre pre-talk, uh, um, and uh, was part of the youth group. And so I've always been around church, always been around, uh, you know, faith and uh, part of the youth ministry there. And so um, for me, there was, I didn't have the, I was going this way down this dark road, and then all of a sudden the light in my life turned right around moment. I, right, that's not right. one of the things for me. And I don't think it's the thing for everybody. I, I, I appreciate and love those those accounts and, and inspired. But I think for some people like me, it was, it was kind of like God was always there. I always knew uh, that was there, but there was a moment where I went from doing things, what I call my, my turnaround moment. Uh, when I went from doing things because I was supposed to, to doing things because I love, because God was calling me to do it. Um, right. So it was a response you know, that switch from doing things to, you know, th those, those doing things because that's what I was, um, you know, as a Christian, I was supposed to not do these things and do these things right, um, right. to kind of that realization of, hey, this is not a this is not just a, a, a set of steps. This is a relationship. And some of the great things that I was doing, God was like, why are you doing that? I didn't ask you to do that. That's not where I want you to go. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm glad you're doing that, but that's not where I want you to focus. And so it was actually a moment where I set aside some of the church things I was doing to uh, continue to follow uh, and kind of narrow down and be a little more more faithful and direct in my in my walk. Well, I know you're serving as a lead pastor now, but I've got to ask you. You know, you spent many years in student ministry. <laughs> Why did you pursue that? I love student ministry. I um, I got into it. I came back in December, Christmas break, 
And the youth group at my home church in Pearland was doing a lock-in. And I was a college student who had come back into town. So obviously I was targeted as someone who could come and spend the night with the kids and do the lock-in. Of course. <laughs> um, and I did that. I spent, spent the night, did the lock-in, didn't think anything about it, went back up to school, finished up my first semester. And uh, as I was finishing up the, the, the second semester, I was like, what am I going to do as far as a job in the summer? You know, my mom would encourage me to get some sort of job in the summer. And I was like, let me think. And, and when I came back to the church, um, just kind of like spring break or something, I was talking to one of my youth leaders who um, had, had invested in me. Um, and they were like, well, have you thought about doing youth ministry? And I was like, no. I said, well, you're really good at the lock-in. Um, you may consider doing summer youth work. And, and she had done summer youth work. She was a pastor's wife, and she knew some people who were looking for summer youth leaders. And so um, I said yes. And that's how I kind of got into doing youth ministry. And then I never got out. Um, <laughs> I just kept going from uh, whether it was, you know, my, my first job was a small church and it was me and, and about four kids and my salary and my youth budget were the same because uh, there was no youth budget. So uh, <laughs> I stayed with somebody in their house, a little room in their house. And I uh, messed up a whole lot in my first year of, of youth ministry, made all the mistakes I could. But that began my journey within that. And so uh, youth and worship both have always been part of what I've done. And that's been, whether it was that small church or even up until now being lead pastor, those are still integral parts of, of what I do. So I, those aren't the jobs. Those are just the common themes throughout all the all the youth ministry and church jobs I've had. Well, I know that, that for me, I've served in a variety of roles over the years, but once you discover a student ministry, it's hard mm-hmm. to let it go. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're serving as the education pastor, as a worship pastor, as the lead pastor, it's all kind of student ministry at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I've loved that opportunity that I've had over the years. And yes, I've made a lot of mistakes and yet you <laughs> can't see our podcast. And so, you, but if you did, you would know that uh, both Russell and I are youth workers of a certain age. <laughs> We're in our 40s and I'm in my 50s now. And so uh, we've had a lot of experience, things that have happened to us. And, you know, I know that Russell, you use some of that experience to help others and to coach others through the National Association of Youth Ministry Certification. So share a little bit about that. Um, so I had the, I had done Orange Conference and Youth Specialties many years. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, I need to do something different with kind of that, that, you know, I kind of set aside some money every year to do some continuing education. Yeah. Um, and I ran across this opportunity um, and it's with uh, Marco Stryker, um, the youth cartel. They uh, have a youth ministry coaching certification program. Um, and it is several uh, books and things to read ahead of time. Um, it is, it is uh, Enneagram is part of that whole process. Um, and kind of utilizing, not, not doesn't run the process, but is, helps to give insight into that. And so we did some Enneagram work um, and did, uh, you know, several books. And then you spend a week uh, with uh, a kind of a cohort, uh, one week long, your classes from 830 until about four in the afternoon. Um, and it's not like hard classes. It's like you're sitting around talking and you're being walked through this process and it's how to do coaching. And the great thing about that is, that I've had a few people who I've done coaching with formally, but I have a lot of people who I've used those same skills informally mm-hmm. uh, and asking people, you know, getting behind the question, whatever the presenting question is, getting behind that question, 
helping them to come up with their solutions and holding them accountable. So I have used the skills there, uh, like I said, in a formal setting, but I have used it way more with youth, with adults, with my family. In fact, my wife will sometimes say, she goes, hey, I need to talk and I just want to talk. And I'm like, okay, that's that that's a cue. <laughs> but sometimes she will say, do that thing with the coaching. And, it, and I know that she yeah. wants me to then dive in. And, and you know, it, it, it's a little more intense when we, when we talk that way and, and, but we understand what we're doing. But so I've used those skills in a variety of, of manner, but yes, I am available uh, and do like to uh, uh, talk with other youth leaders and help and coach um, a little more than like consulting. I, I, mm-hmm. I can do that. Um, but I think if I can help you be a better youth leader, uh, then you will then come up with those ideas and those things to help your group. Uh, so I really want to help from the top. One of the things that I love about coaching, the the training that I went through, referred to the three people that are in every room of a coaching mm-hmm. conversation. There's you, there is your quote unquote client, you know, the person you're talking with, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that guidance is going to help that person find out the best solution for them. And so yeah. we believe very much in coaching at Student Ministry Matters. I know that you do as well. And it's a, something that if you're listening and needing someone to connect with that you need to be coached, reach out. We'll find someone that will work well with you. And I know Russell feels the same way. Yeah. Well, uh, today we're going to talk about worship ministry and how that impacts our student ministry. And I know that some of you listening may already think, well, I have a youth group of three or six. And how in the world does this impact us? Well, let me just start with this this idea. God's word is pretty clear. One, we're supposed to worship. We're supposed to lift high the name of Jesus, celebrate him for what he's done and what he's doing. But also there is this idea that we are to sing to one another. We find that concept in the New Testament over and over again. Worship, and especially musical worship, is an important part of what we do and as a church, but also I would think in our student ministries. And that can look a lot of different ways. Uh, but today we're going to get to the heart of the matter with Russell. So Russell, as we look at this concept, look at this idea, let me let me ask the big question of, of why. Why do we need to include musical worship in our student ministries? I think, you know, one, definitely what you said, it's a command, you know, to, to, to sing praises, to uh, lift up your, your voice, uh, in in worship, and so you can do that in your your main worship service. Um, I know that there are many churches that their main worship service and what the youth kind of connect with are not often always the same, um, right. depending on traditional or contemporary. Uh, and so, youth worship and encouraging worship in youth ministry uh, one provides that way to connect uh, for for students who may not connect on a, a Sunday morning. Also, you probably have. Uh, students who don't come to your Sunday morning worship services. Right. Um, yeah. They come, they're from another church or they come with friends or whatever. And so providing that element is part of your, your worship. I don't think you can just rely on your Sunday morning uh, experience to, to fill that worship component in your youth ministry. But the other thing, or a couple other things uh, is that it gives uh, youth a way to utilize their gifts um, mm. and to be a part so I am very big on student-led youth ministry. I'm very big on equipping, encouraging, empowering students to use their gifts in ministry. And I think if we do it now, uh, when they are in 
uh, high school. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to say, hey, you watch, and then when you turn 18, you can lead. Um, that's like uh, going in a, a baseball coach saying, hey, you watch me hit, um, and then when it's game time, you, you, you can get in the batter's box. Now, we have, we have to put kids in the batter's box, have pitches thrown at them, have them adjust how they're going to do, and be there to help and encourage them as they go through that process and to say, hey, are you thinking about this? Or did you do this? Or that didn't work. Let's try it again. And so um, I'm very big on youth being in ministry. And so it's one of those ways to do that. You may have a kid who has musical talent or someone who can press buttons on a, a computer screen uh, or take photos or design stage, like whatever that is, you can find those and it provides opportunities for students to be in ministry. So that's that's another main reason that I would say to include worship as part of your deal as an opportunity for ministry. I, I love the second reason. I love that. We, we gives a training ground for students to do not just what we're talking about today, music and other types of worship, but it does give that training ground all areas of ministry in a safe environment and to where they can they can stretch out. It also makes the lead pastor a little less uncomfortable um, for them to try it out there first. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. I mean, if I if I put a student on the stage with his electric guitar ready for worship, there's always a question I know going on in the lead pastor's mind. Is he going to mm-hmm. break off into some sort of riff in, during the middle of it? So <laughs> that is one of the things. Like I'm being a we, we may get into this a little later, but being in youth ministry and worship ministry, um, I mean, it was for me, it was a, a kind of a training ground. It was a, I'm a baseball fan. So it was the, the AAA club and we used, and we, we would find times in our main worship time, we're like, hey, we need a singer or we need a guitar player. And one of the things that we did, and this would be a tip, is we did a lot of the same songs, the same ways in our adult worship teams and our youth mm. worship teams. Same arrangements, same keys, same everything. And so we were we were singing those songs. And so if we had a Sunday, we we're going to have somebody be out, or we just wanted to give somebody the opportunity. We would the adult team would do the songs that the youth had been learning. And so whoever that was came into a an environment where they already knew it's not going to be way different. They didn't have to learn a whole lot of new things. Yeah, I just I, I love the the idea of of allowing students that opportunity to train and to be faithful in what we might consider a, a smaller area so that they could be a faithful in a bigger area. You mm-hmm. know, and find that biblical principle there. Well, Russell, as, as we look at this idea, as we're trying to set up a student ministry uh, worship team, maybe we're starting from scratch. Do you have any words of, of wisdom for us in that regard? Um, and one of those things is to look in your church and to figure out what talents you have. Um, okay. so if you're starting there and, and that may be, you may have, uh, an adult in your church who plays guitar in a band on the weekend somewhere, or you may have somebody who's a music teacher or whatever like that. So see, take, take into account what you have at your church. Um, what are those, are there kids or students who are in piano lessons or guitar or whatever, you know, and, and build from those, uh, elements, so the, the, the other thing I steer is to, to start small. It's like you don't need a full band in order to start. Um, you can start with a piano. And one of the things that I have a series up, it needs to be updated, but I will share the link anyway because it, it has helped some people. Um, I put it on YouTube and it takes anybody who can at least name the notes on the piano from that to being able to lead a, lead a song. So oh, wow. um, 
some, so if you, you know, uh, the real quick version is you have one, two, three, four, five on your fingers. If you put one on the chord in the key of C and play every other note, your thumb on C, you're playing a C chord. If you put it on A, you're playing an A minor chord. If you put it on G, you're playing a G chord. And you put it on F, you're playing an F chord. Those are the chords to how he loves. So if you can just go do this for six counts and then this for six count, you know, so, but starting with simple things like that, because um, you can take somebody who may not have a wide knowledge, musical knowledge, but um, you can find those ways to start simple. Another th- way to start simple is to choose songs that have the same chord pattern. Rock and roll, there, there are a few rock and roll geniuses, but most people are playing the same chords over and over again. Right, um, and right. many, many, many songs, um, as has been proven to us, have the same chord patterns. And so if you have three or four songs, they could be varying speeds, varying tempos, but they could have the same chord pattern. So your piano player who's just learning, who just learned four chords, now doesn't just know one song, they know six songs. Hmm. That's good. Um, and your bass player who's playing one note at a time and just learned those four notes is not playing one song. They're playing six songs. So, um, you know, that's a way to keep, to give early success. Cause that's what I want to do is I want to help students and adults have early success. So you may do how he loves or something like that every other week. You may only have two songs that you do, which is great. Start off and say, we're starting a youth worship team. And we're going to have them do one song at the beginning of our worship time. Not a problem. Um, and then as they build, they continue to build those things. So um, I don't know if you have any questions off of any of those things that I, that I shared. No, I, I love that. early. You mentioned early success, mm-hmm. um, giving students or adults that opportunity to find early success and a kind of an entryway in. Maybe they want to be able to do something like that. They want to help. They want to do more than just vocals, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't necessarily have the skills. And I, and I love that because I'm, I'm thinking myself, I, I took enough piano to be dangerous. I took enough guitar to be dangerous, but I don't really have time to invest more in it. But yeah. that would be a great way for me to start and maybe help my worship team even. Um, yeah. So I love that. Those links uh, will be very helpful. Well, and something else you can do with that is you don't have to have somebody who can play. I'll be real intricate with stuff. So as you build your program, like if you have a keyboard, but you say, hey, we could add pads or something, you can have right. one student who just plays that one note on a pad. That's all it is. Yeah, um, They can follow the chords, but play that one note. They're not having to play rhythm. They're not having to move two hands at one time. They're just doing that pad in, until they get more and more experience. Or grab a, a guitar with a student who knows how to play the basic chords, but doesn't have the rhythm down. Give them an electric guitar with a little bit of sustain and have them just play at the beginning of each chord change. Okay. They're doing, yeah. and your acoustic's going, dun, 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 you know, doing whatever, but they're just adding that a little bit of grunge, a little bit of delay, and they are able to contribute, but they're not, ha- all they're having to do is make sure they're ready for the next chord. And so as they continue to do that, they would get more comfortable and more success and you can continue adding things to them. But if you have those same chorded songs, and you do that, then they are building on those things. So you're trying to build up that group with their chord patterns, with their uh, song repertoire, with their rhythms and things like that, but just slowly, slowly build it and start small. So if I hear what you're saying, as we start from ground zero, we want to look around a church and see who is available. And then we want to start small 
and just build on that. Give early successes, give opportunities, and just, uh, and I'm going to say it almost goes without saying, but be patient <laughs> as we, yeah. we step through those, those rough days as, as they begin. Uh, yeah. But I've seen that happen. I've seen uh, my son with the worship band at a youth group that I was at when we started with him and some of his buddies. They didn't know much, but man, they grew. And then they were leading worship at camps. And in fact, my son has his Bachelor of Music and Worship Arts now. And it's yeah. all because of those early successes and early steps. Well, what else do you have for us, Russell, in the way well, of tip? I was going to build a little bit, just a little oh, bit on that. Like, I think, sure. no, it's fine. The thing that, I, so I also would teach guitar lessons and piano lessons. And what I realized is I don't have to teach a student how to play the piano or the guitar. I have to teach a student how to love to play the piano or the guitar. Mm. And once I do that, they go on their own. I have a student yeah. right now who is a lead a worship lead uh, in the church in Dallas somewhere. I started with him when he was sixth grade and I taught him the basics of how to play. And then he now by far outplays me on anything I could ever <laughs> do. Um, and so I think that that's key. You know, if you can, if you can give them early successes and teach them how to love playing, yeah. then you're not going to be able to pull them off the stage when practice is over. You're, they're going to be at each other's house going, hey, we should do this song and we should do this. And they're going to work it on their own. Yeah. So you're really teaching and creating that love for music and that love for worship. Um, and they'll do a lot on their own after that. You know, once they get that kind of that kind of hunger for doing that. Um, so, I mean, other things that I would suggest uh, doing, like I said, do the, the songs and kind of uh, there's a lot you can do with with those Um I don't know people's budgets. I don't know people's, uh, and I'm just going to be varying in things. Um, but there are some uh, programs that help. So we actually use tracks with ours um, and we get those from uh, Loop Community and there's an app for Loop Community. So uh, I can I can take a song and this may be something you have somebody in your church who's like, hey, I'll buy this for the kids. And sure. tracks are like 20 bucks a piece. Like, so it's not, it's not a, it's not a huge amount depending on it. But I've, but the simplest way to use it is on my iPad. I have an app that I can pull up those tracks and I can push play and it'll play everything it has the bass, drums, keyboard, guitar, all those things in there. But I can also mute some of those things and take them out. Um, and so I can adjust if So a church that has just an acoustic guitar player could have a fuller sound. Um, and you just take the acoustic guitar out and they play along with that. And so you have a fuller sound for worship time. Okay. Um, the other thing I use those for is for practice. So we can send them the, the group or they can have the app themselves and the acoustic guitar player or electric guitar can actually turn that up and listen just to that and see what the professional musician is doing um, and be able to practice along with those things. Um, one thing I would, uh, would say is, the thing that will kill you in rehearsals is chords not being plugged in the right time, uh, tuning and music. Um, so one of the biggest things that killed us in rehearsals is, hey, we really need to change this song to this different key. So I would run in, change it on the computer, reprint it out, come out. By that time, you've lost the whole rehearsal. Like <laughs> yeah. anything like that, because then the guitar players start doodling and the drummer starts doing his stuff. Um, so as much as you can have, again, this is a, a, a cost, but this could be Google Documents. We use a planning center for ours, but having everybody having the same music 
in the right key, do all the work you can ahead of your rehearsal to make sure that's all uh, done. So you're not, wait, I don't have page 15 or I don't have this or whatever. Those simple organizational things will go a long, long way into making sure when you do rehearsals that they uh, run smoothly and you can go through all your all your time and not have the extra time spent playing around. And that's a great piece of advice for students and adults. I know that as I've sat through a rehearsal or two over the years, and it just felt like my time is being wasted. Mm-hmm. And so it's so valuable for you to do that extra prep. And whether you're the youth guy or whether you are, uh, you've got somebody who is filling this role of maybe the coach for the the worship band, be sure that they know how important it is to be prepared as mm-hmm. they go forward. What else you have for us, Russell? I could talk youth ministry and, and worship teams for, for days and days. <laughs> uh, well, let me, let me ask you this then. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are, not a lot of us, but some of us have no student that's a part of our ministry that can do any of this and so is it better not have the worship, the musical worship, or to just pull in adults that are a part of your church? Which is the better solution there? I would say, I would say you, have, you have several options. So this was actually a friend of mine started a, a blog many, many years ago. And this was the first question he asked me and for me to write a guest post for him. And it was, if you don't have anything at all, how do you get, get started and what are the things you can do? Um, so you have a couple options. One, i I think it's fine. You know, if you have an adult who wants to come in, um, you need to watch and make sure like, are they your style? Is it like, is it the the pianist who plays for the traditional service and only knows hymns? Um, <laughs> and that's not what you want. That may be what you right. want for a certain time. I'm not saying, but just make sure that whoever it is coming in um, has, you know, you've talked with them and you know what they're going to be doing and stuff. So another person in your youth group uh, or an adult in your church, um, there may be, I spent, I would say probably a couple of years that I went, um, I was not at a youth group. I had Sunday evenings free and there was a church that needed somebody to come and lead worship. So I drove over there for like 50 bucks a week and drove over and led worship for their youth group um, mm-hmm. every week. So there may be somebody, you have a college that is sponsoring, you know, you, you mentioned yeah, that you're, yeah. you, know, you may have a, somebody at the college, you may have somebody who plays on the worship team at another church in your area that you're good friends with that would come over and play for you for a small fee or for experience or for, you know, Frito pie or whatever your meal is that night. Um, (laughs) I've worked for many, many a time of (laughs) of just meals. Also, we have utilized here on, um, we've utilized our uh, uh, YouTube YouTube has a lot of worship songs and things, videos and such like that. So is it ideal? No, but we have had the um, band playing along with that, just a little bit playing along with a YouTube video of, you know, common song. The lyrics are already there um, or, or using that just as our worship time. Um, And so I think if you, if you have like, maybe you have that one group that can do one song, you could supplement it with some either other videos or other worship elements uh, within there. So, and also finally the, uh, the loop community app. um, And I'll give you the link for that. Uh, It also, you can use it as a backing track. So you may have someone who just can sing. You could use that as a, a track uh, that would have everything within there. And then, you don't have to have instruments to sing worship songs. That's true. So, you know, many a time you, you, you can sing without having an instrument or, 
or anything at all. So I think there's, uh, I think it's the willingness to do that, to have worship as part, and you can find those those ways. And if somebody wants more suggestions on ways, or uh, I probably can't drive uh, all the way to Arkansas to lead worship for you, but uh, when I was in Texarkana, I could have, but. Um, so I probably can't drive all the way up there, but there is somebody who could probably help you out or I could help uh, give you some ideas additionally to that. That's great. You know, as as we know, we have listeners kind of across the country now. I, I think that Russell has given us a lot of great ideas on how we can supplement those situations. But I think the underlying fact is that we both believe that musical worship is an important part mm-hmm. of that worship time. And I say worship time to include the preaching and sharing of the word. Um, I, I just think that it's important because it gives students an opportunity to serve. And we're also commanded to worship and celebrate. Um, you know, it's we just don't want to push it aside because we don't think we're musical enough. And I hear that so many times. Yeah. Well, Russell, um, you know, I appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing with us today as, as we've talked about this. What are some things that they can expect if they're listening to your podcast, Student Ministry Conversations? Yes. Well, thank you for the uh, opportunity for the shameless plug. Um, <laughs> we have the uh, Student Ministry Conversations podcast, and that was with my co-host, uh, Brent Aiken. And uh, I believe Brent was on here a couple of episodes ago, and I encourage you to go listen to that. Um, but we do kind of long form, uh, about 45 minute to an hour interviews with youth leaders. Many of them are, are, uh, youth directors that we know down the street or that we've known from other conference, you know, other things we have done. Um, many of them are youth leaders who have books and are speakers and, uh, that you may notice from an orange conference or something like that. We've been blessed to have some people say yes, just because we asked. And so that's been a, been a joy to have those. And so I've actually not done a few recordings for a little bit. Uh, I've taken a little bit of a, uh, let Brent take a few more of those. So if you tune in for the past several weeks, you'll hear his voice a lot more than mine, but I am getting back into having some more recordings coming. And so uh, comes out every Thursday currently, um, studentministryconversations.org. And you can also catch us at Talk Student Men. Uh, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, the social medias. And we also uh, have all of our videos on uh, YouTube as well. So if you're YouTube or you're a podcaster, listener, or um, wherever. So uh, yeah, it's something I've enjoyed doing. And um, I really kind of have the same kind of audience you've talked about as far as reaching out to those who who are part-time, full-time, just beginning, bivocational uh, we really want to just continue to, alongside this podcast, continue to equip and encourage and empower student leaders uh, and uh, for ministry. You know, one of the unique thing about things about your podcast is the difference. Uh, you record an episode and then Brent records an episode. It, you're rarely on there together. Is that right? Correct. Um, we, we One was the divide and conquer uh, type, ah. <laughs> uh, thought of that. Um and uh, we really wanted to, we kind of modeled it after a podcast that was very interview based. Um, right. And so it's just that dialogue and asking those key questions to whoever that person is. So uh, that has been our, our kind of our, our format um, that has seemed to work, work well for us. So, um, but yes, we will do occasionally about every semester we'll do a uh, recap episode. And so that's a great place to check one of those recap episodes and each of us pick our three favorite ones from our previous season 
and kind of just recap those. Um, so those would be a great uh, chance to get a little more taste if you wanted to listen to several at one time. Um, but yeah, so we are, it is a different format in that we are not on there all the time together. Well, again, Russell, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If someone wants to get a hold of you, maybe they have questions about student ministry worship teams or some of the other things that we've talked about today, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, so you can reach out through our podcast, uh, social media, uh, which is at Talk Student Men. I'm also just at R-G-M-M-U-S-I-C, R-G-M Music. Um, and I am that on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook and such as well. So, um, And I'll also include and send you some email addresses for your for your links that you can connect awesome. as well. Well, we'll be sure to put those in the, the show notes. So if you have a desire to reach out to Russell or uh, to their podcast, be sure and do that. I know that they'd love to hear from you. Well, listeners, thank you again so much for being a part of the podcast today, for sharing in the conversation about student ministry. I know we covered a lot, maybe some technical things, but we haven't hit anything like that. And I'm so I'm so thankful that Russell's been a part of, of this conversation today because we know worship is important with our students. They need to see it. They may not be involved on a Sunday morning and, well, they need to be able to worship and to celebrate what God has done and what God is doing. Well, we want to keep on serving. We want to keep on loving students because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.